Good morning. We are back in the book of Shofetim. We even have our friend Robbie here. We are in chapter 11, verse 12. So far, what we've done in the backstory of Yiftach is exactly that it's his backstory. We know that Yiftach comes from a, not even a concubine, she, he comes from a harlot, from a man named Gilad, from the tribe of Menashe, and he lives on the eastern half of the Jordan River in the area known as the Gilad. I was given, <coughs> excuse me, I was given to Machir, the son of Menashe in the Torah. What's interesting about Yiftach is that he gets banished from his household by his brothers, but he's a natural leader, reminiscent but very different from David Melech, and people gather unto him, meaning uh, the, the lower, the people that are of a lower stature cling to him, and he becomes the modern equivalent of a mob boss. At the same time, Amon, one of our age-old enemies and descendant of Lot, has now started oppressing Israel to the extent that they are entering Yehuda and even Binyamin to, uh, to inflict their damage. And Bnei Israel, especially the leaders in the Gilad portion of Israel, are, are trying to figure out how to contend with this problem. So they look to Yiftach as the potential leader of the people against Amun. Now the problem with making Yiftach the leader is first of all, the people, the leaders don't really like Yiftach or they clearly don't really... They don't trust him. They don't really trust him and they don't really feel comfortable making a mob boss leader of Bnei Israel. But you know what? The people kind of get the leaders that they deserve. You know? It's, I was hearing Yaakov Biton, Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Biton, Biton was saying something very interesting on Shabbat. He was saying that societies... Basically, I'm paraphrasing a very long shiur, but societies are built at the household level. It's, very, it's, it's impossible to build a good society upon a foundation of broken households or of, of non-households or immoral households. If you build a strong bedrock of good moral households, then naturally the political system will fix itself. You won't have a tyrannical and and uh, evil political structure sitting upon a good, solid foundation of good families and decent people. It just won't happen. You'll have, if you have broken families and broken people and people with vengeance and anger and violence, then you will build on top of that, you'll build upon a, a violent government. So the idea is that you kind of get the leaders that you deserve and it seems like Bnei Israel now in their history at this point are at the point where their leadership is most befitting to be a mob boss kind of guy. So they go to Yiftach and they say, could you be a leader for us? Could you be a general? general. They say, could you be a general for us? And he says, no, I won't be a general for you. You're the ones who kicked me out. What happened whenever my brothers were kicking me out? You abetted them. And then they say, they say uh, he, and then he says, if you make me a Rosh and a Katsin, then we'll do it. And then he said, okay, fine, we'll make you a Rosh and a Katsin. So meaning even after you, come, you, you defeat Amon, you will remain the leader. And that tickles Yiftach's uh, yes. you know, ten- tendency towards uh, his, his lack of uh, self-confidence or his insecurity about being kicked out of his father's household. So he accepts to become the leader of Bnei Israel. 
And they make a promise before God, and that's where we stopped. Okay. Pasuk Yudbet. Vaishlach yiftach malachim el melech b'nei Amon lemor, ma'li valach kivata elai lilachem b'artzi. So Yiftach sends messengers to the king of Ammon saying, What is it between me and you that you've come to me to do battle against my land? Now look at his, his uh, arguments very, very carefully. Okay? It's, it's brilliant, it's fascinating actually to, to study very carefully what he's saying. So the king of the people of Ammon said to the messengers of Yiftach, I think that's the first time that's happened. Uh, and then he says, the reason I've come to you, the answer to your question of Mal Valach, is because Israel took my land when they came out of, out of Egypt, and they took my land that's from the Arnon to the Abok and to the Yarden, and now return me my land in peace. This is like that the, didn't happen. This is like yeah. Yiftach is going to answer. So Yiftach continues and he sends more messengers to Bnei Amon in, res- in response to his claim that Israel had stolen his land. And he says to him, "So as, so says Yiftach. So say the, the messenger said. So said Yiftach. Israel did not take the land of Moab in the land of Ammon. In fact, from what we know, that was off limits to us. Okay, Ammon and Moab, we weren't allowed to attack. So we actually had to go and attack, not attack, we were attacked by Sihon, Melech HaEmuri. When we went up from Egypt, the Jewish people came to Yamsuf and they, they settled in Kadesh. And then, many years later, Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, descendant of Esav, saying, let us go through your land. And he said, no, he didn't listen. And they also requested the same of the king of Moab. And he did not listen. So they remained in Kadesh. And then they traveled through the desert. By the way, it seems from here that the Jewish people tried going through Edom. They tried going through Moab. And then they both said no. So they decided to remain in place. And then it sounds like many years later they then decided to leave, go around and try to get into Israel through a more circuitous route. It's an interesting uh, description of the events. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting description of the events. Very rarely do you get comment, internal commentary from Tanakh to Tanakh. Yeah. You know, there's a famous uh, I don't know if it's a Gemara or some Chazal that says, "Divrei Torah, Muatim b'Makom Echad," and they are basically the words of the Torah are very few in one place, but they're very expanded in another. So you could learn a lot from the internal commentary of the text. So he went into the desert and we went around the land of, of Ederetz Edom. Sorry, sorry. We went around the land of Edom, Ederetz Moab, and the land of Moab. We came from the east, from where the sun shines, uh, to the land of Moab. And we came uh, uh, to Arnon. And we got to the border of Arnon, but we stayed put. We didn't go in because... Arnon is part of Moab and we didn't want to go in out of respect for Moab. Meaning, Yiftach is highlighting now 
Amon and Moab are, bro- are, are sisters, meaning they're brothers. They're, they're both of the same ilk. So he's saying, we had this real, uh, we, were, we stuck very close to our guidelines of not having nothing to do with Amon and Moab. To the extent that even the city of Arnon, which was on the border, we didn't approach. And then the Jewish people sent messengers to Sichon, the king of the Amorites, and not the people of Ammon and Moab. And the Israelites said to him, let us go to our place through your land. But Sichon also, now this is the third group that denies Israel access, does not allow Israel to go into his land uh, or cross through his land and Sichon gathered all their people and they gathered in Yatsa and they did battle against Israel in the place of Yatsa so not only did we have nothing to do with Ammon and Moab but even when we did get into battle even when we did end up having to fight to get into the land of Israel were we the instigators no, it was Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who came and did battle against us in Yatza. So we went, we asked Edom nicely, he said no, we said okay. We asked Moab nicely, he said no, he said okay. Then we went to the land of the Amorites, and the Amorites came and attacked us. And now what happened? God, the God of Israel, gave Sihon and all of his people in the hands of Israel, and he, we struck them. But, uh, or and they struck them. And Israel then conquered all the land of the Amorites, Yosheva Aretzahi, who had previously dwelled in that land. They conquered all the land of the Amorites. From Arnon to Yabok, from the desert to the Yarden. God, the God of Israel, he ousted the Amorites from before his people Israel. And you now want to conquer it? Or now you want to take it over? Whatever Kemosh, your God, Kemosh was a, was a God of Moab. Whatever your God, Kemosh, will give to you as a portion, that, that you can take over, that you can take possession of. Whatever God overtook for us, that's what we will take. Now it happens to be that the land of the Amorites is something that we took, and your God, Kemosh, didn't take for you the land. But, but don't come and tell me that this is your land. Now what's his argument here? He just went through a long backstory. There's, there's a the, lot of... So the argument, the argument seems to be as follows. The argument seems to be that you're claiming that this land is Ammon land. We didn't conquer any land from Ammon. We didn't conquer any land from Moab. And we didn't conquer any land from Edom. So the fact that we live here has nothing to do with ever conquering any land from Ammon. If you want to claim that it was once your land, it must have been that the Amorites had taken it from you. Because the only people we ever took land from were the Amorites. That's his argument here. His argument is, first of all, his argument is actually twofold. One, they encamped at Yatza and they were the aggressors in the battle. Two, once they were the aggressors, our God decided to give us their land. Three, 
you had never had this land before. This was their land before, and we got it from them. Now, if your God, Kemosh, your Abu Dazara God, wanted to give you land, let him give you land. But how about this? You respect my God, I respect your God. And whoever our gods, whatever land our gods have designated for us, that, yeah. that's, what we, that's what we take. That's Iftak's argument. Now, the, the beauty, the, the fascinating thing about the argument is that it's very similar to Israel's modern day difficulties with the Goliath. I was going to say. Very similar. They're saying, you stole it from me. But here's the exact thing of what happened. Jews laying it down. Never, like, well, too bad. Jews never took land from a group of people known as Palestinians. Actually, the group of people known as Palestinians don't exist. They never existed. There are Jordanian Arab Muslims. There are Egyptian Arab Muslims. And that basically constitutes the Palestinian people. None of them are actually Palestinian. They're either Jordanian or, or, or Egyptian. Or Syrian or, Le- or Lebanese. Um, and, then, and then what happened? In 67, we were aggressed. I mean, we were attacked. So that's kind of like... Uh, Sichon, the king of Emory, attacking them at Yatza. And who are we attacked by, of all people? The Egyptians and the Jordanians and the Syrians. And who do we take the land from? After being attacked by the Syrians, Jordanians, and Egyptians, we took, we took land from those three nation states. Now, I don't know how all of a sudden the narrative turned on its head and became we took land of Pal- who the heck are the Palestinians? There's no such thing as Palestinians. We conquered territory that, to be honest, is rightfully ours anyways because the Torah gave it to us. But we reconquered territory from people who attacked us, from nations that aren't even laying claim to the land anymore because they have no hope. I mean, there's like, they lost. They know, they, know, they, lost. they know they lost. Egypt, we gave the land back. Jordan is like, okay, probably it's not going to happen. I mean, Israel's not giving us back our land. And Syria, we already annexed uh, Golan Heights. So, um, there's something else. That it's, a fascinating, it's, it's a fascinating. It's a fascinating. It's it's beautiful. It's amazing how Tanakh does that. It's like nailed it. It nailed it. This is literally the problem. I think they're the Jewish people for the same playbook. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the issue. Like, hey, if we complain like this, we can get away with it. What are they going to do? Right. Um, At the end of the day, they don't even listen to the. But now, but now you see that the, the futility of the argument. Meaning, you can't talks, argue with them. You can't argue. Logic proof. Because these people, like, no, what wrong. do the Palestinians want? Do they want nationhood? No. No, they want our land. They're thinking of an excuse to make it look better before they attack us. Um, there was another part of this that kind of was eye-opening. Hey, what pasuk did you get up to? Um, kaf. Kaf hey. Hey. Okay. He said, Hashem gave us this land, you would think at this point, after all the nastiness that's going on, the Jews fell further, they don't even care. God was so mad that he's like, they don't even follow me, it's somebody else. That he just right away gave credit to Hashem for all of this. I find it very fascinating. Yiftach's uh, relationship with God is going to be very interesting. It's going to be something we'll analyze. But let's wait till we learn more about him. Baruch Adonai Lelam. Amen.